So I wanted to, the message today, I wanted to start with the concept of something Jesus spoke about often and lived every day. And what I just did was, was an example of what I want to talk about this morning, and that is serving. Serving. When the conversation with Jesus' disciples started kind of going south, he, he wanted it to take another direction. And he, he thought, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a teachable moment. And this is what he ended up saying in Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. And I've got it up behind me if you want to read along. Jesus called them together and he said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, that means the non-Jewish people, they lord it over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When you hear these words and you recognize that this was Jesus Christ himself that said this, the Son of God, who had all authority of the universe with him, available to him, and yet what did he do? He humbled himself, he came as a, a little baby, laid in a feed trough of some sort, because God wanted us to know that the least among you are loved. God wanted us to know that it doesn't matter who you are. You could be President Trump or some other great ruler In heaven, it's a level playing field. You all are expected to serve. If you want to be great, you need to take that least spot first. God will elevate you, but you have to begin on his terms. He goes into this... Uh, little thing which I thought was kind of unusual at first, the first time I read this. And it's found in John 13, but I want to actually read this after I do it. So I'm going to invite my friends to come up that I already asked to come up. Pastor Barb, Dave, Rosemary, Emily, you get to sit down on the end there, sweetie. Pastor Barb, you're in the you're in that seat. You're, that's not the hot seat, though. That's, I mean, you're, never mind. You're right here, and then Dave is going to be down here. So here's, here's my thought with all this. And you might say, what in the world are you doing up there? Well, we're going to have an old-fashioned foot washing. Hear this. It's different today. When Jesus did this, 
those men had walked around the city of Jerusalem where donkeys went ahead of them. And maybe even people, I don't know. So they would walk through that stuff. You get the idea? Sandals, if they had sandals, yeah. And dust, of course, because they didn't have paved roads, all those, they did, some of them had block roads, but let's, let's go back to where I think it was, probably dirt. So you got manure, you got urine, you got dirt, and they all come in, and Jesus said, I'm going to wash your feet. Of course, what was Peter's response? Not me, Lord. And what did Jesus say? If I don't wash your feet, I'll have nothing to do with you. So it took humility on both sides, didn't it? But Jesus was willing, so if you would uh, remove your shoes, because I can't wash your feet, and pull your buckets out from underneath here. See, we tried to make this thing. <laughs> to make this. Now, again, do we have to worry about this today? Well, at least you warned me. No, I'm, I'll quit. Wow. These are the million-dollar feet after she had pins put in them, but we won't go there. Thank you. Oh, we already did, didn't we? Sorry. So the reason that I picked my wife is because men, all of us, should serve our families, beginning with our spouse. And Aaron, you said it. We need to be the example. And when we wash our wives' feet, all we're saying is, you know what, I love you, and I do this in the name of Jesus to represent my love, my loyalty, and my service to you because I want you to be all that God wants you to be and then he wiped their feet off and I'm going to do this with each one you can keep your foot out of the bucket because I know it's warm and you want to stay in there but. <laughs> and after I'm done of course you can put your shoes back on Rosemary I picked you as a leader in the church and you also represent such an important ministry here the ministry of prayer and you weekly put a covering over us. And I believe that the angels that were pointed out today are a direct result of your being on your face before God, saying, Lord, come and inhabit our praise. And as such, you are such a valuable asset to this church. And I just want you to know how much we think of you is I wash your feet in Jesus' name. And I'm not going to make fun of your feet because that wouldn't be nice of me to invite you up here to make fun of your Now, Dave, I might make fun of his feet. But. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Might not need that other one.
Brother Dave, I believe God put you on my heart for the biggest reason, because you are a man of integrity and humility. People don't hear much from you because of that. And you're also on our board, and you represent the leadership of this church. And Dave, I just want you to know as a brother in Christ, I love you. I appreciate all that you do for this church. And today, just as a symbol of that, in Jesus' name, I wash your feet. Hallelujah. Now you have rather nice looking feet there, Dave. <laughs> These were the biggest towels that we could find that all match, so that's, I probably would have liked a little bigger one, but there you go, brother. Here, I'll leave you the towel if I, and, and last but certainly not least, Emily, when I first asked her, and she was in school, right, and I thought about that, and I'm like, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that while she was in school, but I needed to get the answer. And I said, would you be willing, you have to ask your mom, but would you be willing to let me wash your feet Sunday? And she's like, what? <laughs> and, and this is going back and forth with, with the, the message thing, you know. And uh, finally she said yes, and then she goes, why me? Why'd you pick me? And I told her it was because as we, and we do pray here occasionally, and as we prayed, we asked the Lord, who could represent our young people? This is a woman of God. She represents our youth, our children, who God wants to bless, who God wants to disciple, because if we don't impart into them now, it won't be long and the church will literally dry up and die. You represent our future. And I believe, and I'm not saying you're perfect because I know your mother would contest that if I said it, but I believe you are a godly young lady who loves the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and you love people because I've seen you bring prayer requests that only adults would give because your heart is so big and so mature. And I just want you to know that you are special. I said that in that email, but I, I love all our kids, don't get me wrong. But you are special in God's eyes. He showed me that. And as a result, Emily, I want to wash your feet today in the name of Jesus as a representative of our young people and our future here at The Hope. Thank you for being willing to come up and do this. And I should have gotten a, a prize or something for coming up here, and maybe it'll come later, but thank you. Let, would you give everybody a hand here today? We love you guys. Thank you again.
We don't do this very often. You can, you're dismissed. You can go down and join the, the junior hires. I love you. I thought she was going to try to help. Yeah, I don't think she could pull that over. Maybe uh, one of the ushers could come and put that in the kitchen, and that way it won't be a distraction. Excuse me, just for a second here. My back up, there we go. John 13, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. What I want you to catch here, he brings him up for a reason. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. And he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that, he was, wrapped, that was wrapped around him. It wasn't just Peter and John, the one that he loved, It was Judas too. Jesus washed the feet of the man who was about to betray him. It's easy to wash somebody's feet when you love them. Not so much when you don't. When you know that person is going to stab you in the back at any time. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And he said, no, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Then the Lord, Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He was a character. Give me a bath, Lord. I'm all yours. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Of course, he was referring to the one who was going to betray him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their masters, nor are your messengers greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed. What? If you do them, you will be blessed if you do them. What's he saying? 
Is he talking about washing feet? This was just an example. He could have done any number of things, but he chose foot washing because usually that's what was reserved for the servants. And here he was, the, the grand poobah, the head guy, kneeling down and unwrapping himself. And I didn't think you'd want me to do that, so I left my clothes on. But for Jesus, it was okay because that was just an instruction of the day, a common thing. But what I want you to get is it wasn't the foot washing. He was telling them, his disciples, this is how you need to live your life from here on to be a servant to your fellow man. Much is going to be required of you and there are going to be many times when you think I'm above that, but he wanted them to realize no. Whatever has to be done is what I want you to do. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he was saying. Whatever it takes, church, whatever it takes. And, and for us, it, it's a little bit harder to grasp just because we have these cool skippies on. By the way, these are Converse. You older men, don't be coveting my shoes. I know you're all going back to your youth and going, oh, Pastor Norm's got a pair of skippies. Converse skippies. We don't walk in the filth that they walked in. We don't have that kind of thing going on here. So it's a little harder for us to catch what Jesus did. Here's what I want to ask and answer. Where can we serve today and how do we do that? I'm going to mention four areas. When I, when I saw this, I thought, how cool is that? That's perfect. Clothes. Working at the nursing home, I'm assuming volunteering. Back Friday at 8. Thanks, Clay. How cool is that? That should be us. That should be us. But is it? You see, and I think this is so imperative. We serve not out of duty, not out of obligation, but out of our love for Jesus and for others. That's what should drive you and me. When men, when you serve your spouses, or wives, when you serve your husbands, it should be not out of obligation, not out of duty, although sometimes it is, but it should be out of love. Love for God first, and then love for your spouse. So what are the four things? I'll go through them quickly. First, we serve our families. When I'm at home and I'm not bragging or boasting, I should do more. But after dinner, I, I clean up the dishes, the pots and the pans or whatever, and I, I put all the dishes. We don't, 
my dishes are clean before they go in the dishwasher. I'm one of those guys. And I want my dishwasher to last 30 years, that's why. So I don't put stuff in there that's going to clog it up. So I clean the dishes, put them in there, and then at night I try to put the little pod in there and clean them. You say, well, big deal. Well, you know what, around my house, that's, res- that's welcome. My wife's like, cool, I don't have to do it. Sometimes I, I clean the toilets, I clean the tub, I, I clean the shower, the sinks, the mirror. I do windows. Why? Well, one, because I need it. But two, because I love my wife and I want her to know that. And, and I clean because I love her. And I'm a part of this family and she shouldn't have to carry the whole load. Maybe you take care of your kids. Take them to after-school events. Maybe uh, any number of things that you folks do at home. Uh, you, you men or women, maybe you work for the money. You know, that's a big part of what you do is you, you serve your family by working 40, 60-hour weeks so that you've got money to buy the things that you need to buy. All of these are ways to serve. And this, is, this should be what Christians do. Are you with me so far? Yes. Number two, we serve our church family. Many don't realize what it takes for this service to happen every Sunday or during the week, the cleaning that goes on. We've had so many events this week, Mike's exhausted over here. Yeah. We disciple people during the week. There's trash. There's things that gets, get dirty. The bathrooms have to be cleaned so that when you get here on Sunday, they're, they're not stinky. Aren't you thankful for that? that somebody has taken that on themselves. It requires people to serve. I believe that the local church was ordained by Jesus to be a living vessel where people could come together to learn to love each other as they learn to serve each other. There is no better place for you to learn how to serve than in the church family. And you want to know what? Usually, this morning was an exception, but usually you never hear the good job that you're doing on a weekly basis. You just hear when you blew it. Hey, Mike, there are no seafold paper towels in the bathroom. I texted him. Uh, Friday night, because we had a lady from another church here, and she's like, Pastor Norm, there's no towels in the ladies' room. And I'm thinking, why that rascal? He told me he did this. You see, I was thinking poorly, and then he told me why. He said, well, I wanted to run out of the sea folds, and then I was going to put up the new dispenser. So we didn't have any more sea folds. That was it. And he did that. Came in early and did that Saturday morning so that the ladies from the other church wouldn't be able to do that again to me. Thank you, Mike. Love you, man. Without a physical place, it's difficult for the or- this living organism to function, meaning the church. Jesus intentionally designed the church this way. 
We are supposed to learn how to get along with each other and then go out. We're supposed to disciple each other and then go out. Emphasis on go out. But this is kind of a proving ground. When I worked at General Motors, we had a test track in Milford, and uh, they would send all the the cars there first, and they would run them around that track 100,000 miles. People drive for a living, and they never leave a racetrack. That's all they do their whole day, 8 to 10 to 12 hours if you work there. Why? Because they want to make sure before the car goes out on the road for you to drive that it's tested and proven. Here we can find out where we're good at something and maybe where we're not so good at something. Here we'll forgive you eventually if you blow it. Eventually. And if you offend one of us, hopefully it won't run us out of church. Whereas if you offend somebody out there, chances are you could prevent them from ever coming to know Jesus' love because they see you as him. Church is important. And hear this. It's interesting to note that 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, it talks about the spiritual gifts. All of them, with the exception of one, has to do with giving away. And that's tongues. Tongues will edify you. That's for your private prayer time. All the rest of them are meant to be used where? in the church body to edify, to build up the saints. And we're going to get into that a lot deeper over the next few weeks. But just to say today, this whole message really came out of the blue for me because I wasn't planning on going here this week. But I do believe God has a plan, even though I may not always know it. It's okay. He's taking care of business. What this says to me, though, quite simply, is that we need each other. You know, I highlighted Cheryl's serving attitude when I started today. And all of you who greet or usher or serve behind the, the, the scenes, children, you know how many people there are out there right now that are working with your kids? That doesn't just happen. People love you enough to say, hey, I want to do that so mom or dad can be in the service today. It's important that we realize that and even say thank you once in a while. Those who pray for the service, I mentioned that with Rosemary, or those who play their instruments, these folks come in here Friday nights And they practice for three or four hours. This doesn't just sound like this. They practice. Why? Because they love us. And they want to make a joyful noise as under the Lord so that when we get here, we can enter in and not hear that. 
Have you ever been in a service? One time, I was in a church. I'm not naming names. And it has nothing to do with her age, but she was a little older in her 80s playing an organ that had 24-inch subwoofers, two of them. And then they had a, a, a whole orchestra and a choir, and, and they sounded amazing. So this lady, God bless her, she's probably with Jesus now, or she's really old. This was many years ago. They were playing this song, and then she started playing another one. Because she didn't like the song they were playing. Let me tell you, because I was right in front of one of them subs, I about came off that seat when she laid her finger into that bass. We are blessed. <laughs> Our worship team gets along. And they love us, or they wouldn't do this. So many other things. There, there are people counting the offering every day after you guys give so generously. All of you who help like this, you have found your place in the body, the body of Christ, and you make this ministry happen here at The Hope. Thank you. Third, we serve our community. And listen, everybody, you, you can figure this out on your own. And I, I just had a couple of things. But we need to, we need to find our place in this society. It's one thing to serve here. It's another to serve out there. That's where your light shines. In here, your light, well, you know, when you put a bunch of flashlights together, they really don't light up that much. But when you have one out by itself, it shows. And that's kind of what I'm getting at here. And, and you might figure that you know, you could serve, how many like animals? What do you think it would mean to them if you just called them and said, hey, you need somebody to um, walk the dogs or, or play with the kitties for a while or even clean the pen? I don't know if they'll let you do that, but what do you think they would say? Why? <laughs> no, they're going to say, come on. Or the food pantry. Is Bob here today? All right, Bob's not here today. Bob, the director of the food pantry. You know, when you folks volunteer to go in there and hand food out between noon and two, those people genuinely need that food. And you're the hands of Jesus. Eleven or twelve churches help run that food pantry together. To me, those are the hands and feet of Jesus. You might think of other things. You know, helping with the Chamber of Commerce. I, I, I went to uh, an awards banquet recently with the, the Chamber. I never realized how many people volunteer for that organization. And they do a lot for our businesses. Why? Because they want Gaylord to be a place that people want to live.
There are other things, taking meals to shut-ins, etc. You know, I was told that, and I've never done it, but I was told that you are as blessed as the one getting the meal. You walk in that door and you see that usually older person light up, and then they want to talk. And you have to limit, you know, you can't be there forever because usually you have several meals that you have to take out. But just to talk with them 15, 20 minutes, and you're the highlight of their week. How simple is that? When I think of some of the modern uh, people who've earned the title servant, I, I usually go to one person, and anybody guess who it is? There you go, Mother Teresa. How many remember her? All right. She gave her heart and soul to those in need. One of the quotes that has stuck with me, and I was reading one of my uh, textbooks for college, I was reading it, and and they had a quote in there about her. She said this, she said, The greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the only, lonely, the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. And it brings me back to what I've been trying to say. We need to serve people in love. That's what the church is called to do. We serve our families, we serve our church families, we serve our communities, and I had one more quickly. We serve our missionaries. And, and some of you do this regular. And I would just extend this to you. We have so many missionaries around the globe. What are they doing? They're doing a lot of what I'm talking about right here. They're serving those different people groups, wherever they're at, whether it's Africa, South America, the Ukraine, uh, Poland, all over the globe telling people about Jesus Christ. And we send them. Now, in most countries, if you go in as an American, you can't work. So they need support while they're there, and that's why we raise money. And then monthly, we send them a certain amount. And I would just ask you to pray about this. Lord, how can I serve, first with my dollars, on a regular basis? You know, if, if everybody here gave $5 a month, you, that would be huge. If you gave 25 it would be even huger, if that's a word. I'll stop there. You get the idea. Pray about that. Above and beyond your tithe, what can you give to missions to help these people stay on the field? And, and here's something that I just got this request. We're not going to do it today, so the rest of these. But pray about this this week. Our superintendent, who was here yesterday teaching our Acts 2 class, he sent a, an email around. We have several missionary families who are stuck in uh, Thailand right now. Why are they stuck in Thailand? They went there for a meeting strategically. God put them somewhere other than in the middle of this coronavirus. virus. That's a God thing. To him be the glory. 
They should have been in the middle of China, and if they had been in the middle of China, you know where they'd be right now? Stuck in the middle of China and not being able to leave. But God, providentially, I believe, got them out of there to go to this training, which they all went to, but now, where they were thinking they were going to go back to their China, where they were ministering, now they need to come to the, their home, Michigan. They're all Michigan missionaries with their families until this thing settles down, until the government says you can come in because right now their borders are closed. They need our help. They need about $50,000 to get all of them home. And I think the uh, superintendent said they've already raised about twenty-five. So ask the Lord this week, how can I help? And next week we're going to take an offering uh, to get them home and to help them pay for. And not only, they only went to Thailand thinking they were going to be there a couple of weeks, so they, their clothing is very, very limited. So they're going to have to buy them a, a new set of clothes too. And if they have kids, I meant to have a picture up for you. I'll, I'll show it next week. But these little, cute little kids, little boys, and they all have their little surgical masks on because that's what they do over there. They're so adorable. So no pressure, but if you would like to help with that. Finally, mentioning the missionaries, we are going to be presenting you with opportunities for short-term mission trips. What's that mean? It means that if you're wanting to go on one of these, that you have to sacrifice both your time and money because you have to pay for your own plane ticket and some of the other necessities. Usually about $1,200 or not more than $1,500, but that's a lot of money. And if you do that instead of taking a vacation, what are you doing? Serving out of love. Well, how does that help? Two ways. I've been on three. First, they always ask me this. You mean to tell me you're giving up your vacation time, your time off to do this? To come and build whatever for us or preach for us? Yeah. And it moves them. They're like, wow. They didn't think they mattered to anybody. But through the love of God, God shows them you're important to him. And it moves on their heart. Second, it'll change you. I have not been on a mission trip yet where I wasn't changed. Now, I granted, one of them I went on, when I got back to U.S. soil, I got down on the ground immediately, and I thank God that I was home. Because it was scary where we were at. But I was changed watching how those people lived. And I came home feeling like I am the most blessed man on the planet as a result. So if you've never been on a mission trip, be praying about that. We're going to have some opportunities coming for you soon. All right. Could I have the worship team come back? There's so many other things I could have talked about.
But there was a lot that happened here this morning that was planned, some of it not. Just let me finish with this. For the church to be healthy, everybody needs to find his or her place. How many would say amen? amen? We have real needs here that need to be filled. Some are more technical than others. In fact, we're hoping in the near, very near future, Pastor Roger's been working on this, we're actually building a little room inside that little room right there that's going to be soundproofed and it's going to be where we house our mixer for our worship team as they play so that he can or she can, whenever they send it out, it's going to uh, sound good out on the internet. Because you can't use what we're hearing here, just send it out, it sounds like it's in a tin can. It has to be mixed, meaning somebody has to turn the volume up and down. And You, you know what that, you don't need to know. About. Anyway, if you don't understand it, talk to Pastor Roger. But we need people like that. We also need people who would be willing to uh, answer some of our Facebook comments that we get. And we're getting more and more of them. I'm getting people from all over the world that want to join our Facebook page, and I'm like, what do I do with this? I mean, I guess I should just say yes to everyone, but it's like, oh, man. People from Africa, I've had several from Africa. India, oh my gosh. It's crazy. And, and I don't even know how they hear about us, but they do. Um, I need somebody that can manage that uh, as, a, as, as a serving volunteer position. And then somebody that can actually answer people while the live stream's going out. Because there are a lot of people that are using that today to get churched. And if you're here today on live stream, <laughs> God bless you. I meant to do that at the beginning. Uh, right now, this is going all over the globe. And uh, it's ministering to people on a frequent basis. So those are just a few areas that we have needs that are way bigger than us. And if you have any talents in those areas, let us know. So as we close today, would you stand with us, with, uh, with me? And uh, I wanted to... Oh, you got your thing up there. Can you put my last slide up? I'm sorry to mess you up, Mandy. Very last one. When the people of God become one, the church is unstoppable. And I believe that's the direction that God wants us to take. And you might be new here today or not been here in a while and just say, yeah, well, that's not me, but you know what? It could be. We need everybody. You all have gifts. I don't think it's a coincidence that you're here today. So if you're not plugged into something, we are going to be giving you opportunities in the very near future. Come back. We'll get you plugged in uh, through some different things. If it's one of those that I already talked about, speak to me and... Uh, because that's, that's an immediate need. Father, we thank you again for this service, for everything you did here today, and we just ask right now, Lord, a special covering over our people. Lord, keep us safe from the enemy. 
I know we got a bunch of angels around this place today, but Lord, I pray that even when we leave here, they'd go with us and keep us safe. Help us to live our lives, Lord, to serve our families, this church, our community, even our missionaries. Lord, help us to serve in, in ways that we can. You're not asking us to do anything we can't do. You're asking us to take what we already have, what you've already blessed us with, and use it to your glory. Help us to understand what that means. And Lord, I want to thank you at the end of this service for all of the people who were set free here today. I don't know what that means, but Lord, I pray that you would put it on their hearts to share those testimonies with us so that we can share them with the body. Lord, we just thank you again for caring about our people like you do. And now we ask that you would just bless this final song and as we sing it and as we leave here today, Lord, put a hop in our skip and a skip in our step. We love you and we commit this people, Lord, this army of servants into your mighty hands in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Lead away.